Welcome to Replenish Your Life, the space to discover how to embody your purpose, strengthen your intuition, and manifest who you truly are. I'm Lucy. And I'm Morgan. And we hope you're ready to embrace your divine design and replenish your life. In today's episode, we're chatting to Nicola Humber. Nicola is the author of Heal Your Inner Good Girl, Unbound, and the recently released Unbound Writing. She's also the founder of the Unbound Press, a soul-led publishing imprint for unbound women. After playing the archetypal good girl up until her mid-30s, Nicola left her proper job in finance to retrain as a coach and hypnotherapist, and this leap of faith led her to what she does now activating recovering good girls to embrace their so-called imperfections and shake off the tyranny of shoulds so they can be their fullest, freest, most magnificent self. Nicola helps women to write the book their unbound self is calling them to write whilst growing a community of soul family, readers, and clients. She's originally from Southampton in the UK, but is now based in upstate New York. Hi, Nicola. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's so, so wonderful to have you here. One of the things that I really love about your presence and the work that you're creating in the world is is just the beautiful way that you hold such deeply magical space for women to to be who they truly are and to and to kind of tap into their true creative expression through writing. So such an honor to have you here. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you to both of you for inviting me. So let's get into into the conversation. I, I, you know, you're the author of two books, Heal Your Inner Good Girl and Unbound. And you're also the owner of the Unbound Press Publishing Company, which I love this. It's a soul-led publishing imprint for unbound women. Mm-hmm. And we really want to hear from you. Um, what was life like before before that and and can you tell us a little bit more about what your journey looked like to get here to this place Mm. I mean there's different layers to that because you know if we go kind of right back um I think it was 2000 and 2008 2009 I was at the beginning of 2009 I was still working in finance you know for right up until my mid to late 30s that's what I did I was a financial advisor financial planner which is like really strange mm. to look back on now um <laughs> completely different uh feels like a completely different lifetime uh but that's what I was doing I was going into an office every day working you know pretty much nine to five um and had no clue really what I really wanted to do with my life I've been following this path um, which I kind of call the, the good girl path, um, doing what I thought was expected of me in life, um, having a good education, getting a proper job, um, you know, one with a really clear uh, career path that I could follow, um, buying a property, like all of these things. Mm-hmm. But inside, I always knew there was something missing, but I had no clue what that was. Uh, and it was only, it was around the time of the financial crisis of 2008 and into 2009 
um, I'd moved to another company. Uh, I'd, I'd moved from a company where it was, well, all of the other financial advisors were men. It was very masculine. Mm-hmm. And moved to a company where it was run by women. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's the change that I need. But very soon, I recognized that no, it wasn't. It's the actual work that right. I just can't <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, pretty much on the first day. Actually, the first day I started there was like, when the whole financial crisis like first hit, I remember my first day in the office and like everything was going crazy, wow. um, which should have been a sign for me. Mm. But it was pretty soon after that, that I was like, actually, I can't do this anymore. I just cannot be like going to work every day and sitting in this office and doing work that doesn't light me up. Mm. And so I was asking the question that what can I do? What can I do mm-hmm. with my life? Just sending that out there. And it was actually when I was at a health spa with my sister one weekend, I saw a demonstration by a hypnotherapist and I'd never had hypnotherapy before, never even really thought about it. But there was something about this woman and the way she was speaking about the subconscious and um, these different kind of patterns that we can pick up and the wor- how the words that we use are really important. Mm. The words that are used kind of around us is so important. And I just knew in that moment that that's what I was meant to do. So I made this completely intuitive, (laughs) kind of instinctive decision to leave my job in finance um, and retrain as a hypnotherapist and a coach. Um, And that's kind of been a 10-year, just Mm -hmm. over 10-year journey to where I am now. But I never expected that I'd be doing this. Right. Um, Being an author Mm -hmm. and running a publishing company. Yeah, when I started. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's such an incredible story. And to, but how amazing to have all these different experiences. And, um, you know, do, do those, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that those experience, experiences can help you also in your writing and in um, creative expression. And, um, you know, how... How would one use those experiences to, to really, like good or bad, um, to, to really enrich um, their creative process or to, you know, to help them to express themselves? Well, you know, really that's my past experiences, um, have provided like the fuel for everything I do mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. The fact that I spent so long kind of walking this path and living this life that it wasn't really mine. It was like this kind of constructed idea of what I felt I should be doing. Um, just provides so much inspiration for me in my writing and also helps me to connect with my reader who mm-hmm. may be in a place where, you know, she is still kind of going into that office every day or living her life. Sometimes it can be more subtle than that. We just know that we're not quite showing up in, you know, in our truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually find with writing that it's the experiences that we have, whether they're kind of from way in the past or more recent, that do feel more challenging are actually the ones that are really juicy when it comes to writing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 
you can balance it out with like all the wonderful stuff and the magical stuff that's happening <laughs> but it's you know those challenging moments and those moments when we felt vulnerable and lost mm. that can be most powerful when we share them yeah mm. you know you talk about um connecting with your reader in that way and that's one of the things that I find I really resonate with your work Nicola and and what you talk about and what you write about is that the thing you talk about about being a recovering or a recovered people pleaser (laughs) you know that's something that I really resonate with and it's something that I've had to work very very hard at and I see it reflected in a lot of the client work that I do so I'm you know I'm really interested in hearing more about that process for you like what did it look like for you to stop being a people pleaser I, I wouldn't say I'm completely recovered from that yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say it's a process <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's so ingrained into us mm-hmm. you know particularly as women that when we're little girls it's like well this is what we need to do we need to please others we need to put other people's needs above our own um and I still find myself doing that um from from time to time or even regularly I'm much more I mean the difference is I'm much more able to kind of catch myself doing it now right right um, like even if it's in the moment where I'll say yes to something and I'm like oh, why did I do that mm-hmm. <laughs> um or just you know find myself doing something because I feel I should rather than because it's something that I really want to do. Mm. Um, But it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen (laughs) probably on a daily basis, but I notice it. And also I've become better at kind of allowing myself some space. So if somebody asks me something or I have a decision to make rather than kind of jumping into it, I'll just kind of leave a bit of space. Mm. Um, so that I actually have the time to feel into it, you know, how it feels for me. And for me, it's a really kind of felt sense. It's the decision doesn't come from kind of up in the head. It mm. has to come, my body lets me know whether it's something I really want to do yeah. or whether I'm just doing it to please others. Yeah. That's really wow. powerful. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I've also been practicing something similar of, of like, just giving myself that space to respond to any, um, for listeners, anyone listening who is familiar with human design, the emotional authority, it's called, is is a good, um, that suggests, having an emotional authority suggests that you wait to respond. Give yourself at least 24 to 48 hours. And I've really found that helpful. That's what you're explaining, like giving ourselves the space to to feel into it or whatever we just to sit with it and um i feel i it comes like from much more powerful place the decision or what however you decide to proceed yeah um so so what would you say to (laughs) okay asking for a friend um (laughs) um i okay i yeah so i've run into this this thing where I would write and everything just feels like total garbage, <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's a bit harsh maybe, but just that just not good or not good enough. Maybe that goes back to the, you know, sort of that good girl persona and that people pleaser. Um, you know, what would you say to um, 
listeners that are having sort of that struggle with with writing and and yeah and allowing that stuff to come out and <laughs> I mean I would say first and foremost everyone experiences that mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> very regularly um, when you're writing and particularly like if you've committed to writing a book because then it kind of feels like the stakes are higher in some way and that you've got to reach this kind of yeah. standards that um, that only special people can reach um, and in, I've certainly experienced that I mean I've just handed in quite recently the manuscript for my third book and I woke up like in the middle of the night after handing it in just going oh my goodness what if it is just complete rubbish uh, you know, no one gets it oh no <laughs> yeah and it's but it's, this comes up all the time and the women that I work with like this is a regular thing it's like mm. oh it just feels like what I'm writing is just no good or it's not good enough so I think to recognize it happens for everyone is really powerful because then it's, it's not such a personal thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's why I'm such a, a believer in writing in community mm. and, and sharing your writing as you go, which can feel challenging, particularly you yeah. know, when you're having these moments of doubt. But even if you can just put a small piece of it out there or share it with someone, you know, like a trusted friend, um, then you're going to have it reflected back to you that actually, and this happens pretty much like all of the time, that actually it's not rubbish. That's just a judgment that we've made about it. Mm -hmm. And maybe yeah. it's not coming through in the way you expected. Um, and sometimes it feels like maybe what's coming through you, it doesn't make sense. Um, but when you share it, it resonates with other people. So that's why, yeah, I, I believe that's the most powerful thing rather than just kind of holding yourself away for weeks, months on end and just <laughs> writing for yourself and just having to be stuck with those nine gremlins. Yeah. yeah. Sharing it in some ways really powerful. That is really powerful. I, I love that. I mean, I, I think, you know, for me, hearing what you say, I know that one of one of the biggest hurdles that I face when I do writing or any kind of creative expression, because I, I honestly feel Nicola that the work that you do is about like women expressing themselves in life as well as in their mm -hmm. writing. Right. So yeah. I, I feel like one of the main hurdles that I face is, is that self editing, you know, like a, and mm -hmm. I'm quite sharp with that. So like I edit myself as I go along, which means that I never actually end up expressing what's in my soul. It's just yeah. a well-crafted paragraph, you know? Um, so, so I, I guess that's, that's, I mean, I imagine that must be something you see a lot with the people that you work with. And, and so tell us a little bit more about some of the other hurdles that, that people come to you with that stop them from like living a fully expressed life. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right in saying that it's, yeah, it's about the writing, but it, it the, the impact of it is much, kind of broader than that mm. and really that's what I'm interested in like you know women being fully expressed yeah. and one of my clients said the other day she said oh what I recognize is like this whole book writing process is just one of like creating self-trust like learning to trust yourself oh, yeah. um beautiful and this is a big part of it this is why we edit ourselves like, on the page and also in our lives yes. you know for what we say or the choices we make um because I feel we've lost that sense of, of self-trust. So 
you can almost see it as an experiment <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> of like, you know, um, kind of playing with this idea of actually trusting what's coming through without editing it. It's a huge piece. I mean, I certainly encourage the writers that I work with, certainly at the beginning of the process, just allow it to come and don't be tempted to edit it. <laughs> mm. And for me, it helps like to hand write. When I'm hand writing, I'm much mm. less likely to edit it. That's just a practical thing. Mm. Um, whereas when you're typing it, it's so much easier to kind of be going back and changing pieces. But it's a completely different, when you're in editing mode, it's a completely different state to actually creation and like, allowing what wants to come through. So you don't really want to mix those two states up. So that comes out a lot. There's also this idea that it's, it's self-indulgent to be sharing our stories. Yeah. It's, like, it's okay to share information or knowledge, right. you know, or kind of like how to and tips and those kind of things. But when it actually comes to sharing our own personal experiences, oh, no, who would want to read about that? You know, I'm just kind of being self-indulgent. Mm. That's, you know, that's the most compelling piece. That's, that's what we want to hear. That's what your reader, that's what your audience want to hear. Yeah. So it's kind of moving through that and recognizing the power of our own stories. Mm. Yeah, that's a huge piece. And, and so do you find um, that, you know, so I'm, I'm, I guess, more like I identify as the INFJ, which is a more introverted type mm -hmm. <laughs> on the Myers-Briggs. Um, and so, so do you find, like, sometimes I find it's hard to share a personal story. So, um, yeah, what, what would you say to people that are sort of having a hard time to share, sharing that, um, the personal aspect? Like, do you, you know, would you change names and details or is it, it kind of maybe dilutes it a bit, your story? Um, but yeah, anyway, so can you, can you speak to that or introvert? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an introvert as well, so I, I get that completely. Yay, introverts unite. Yay. <laughs> I'm amazed that we're all talking to each other. Yeah, happening. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, so like, this has absolutely been a process for me. Um, when I first started blogging, when I first started my hypnotherapy practice, it was very much kind of, you know, professional and just like share more sharing information uh, and I was actually trained because uh, I've done counseling training as well not to share mm. kind of my oh, personal yeah. stories or experiences it's like no you don't do that so it's been a big shift for me to start bringing my stories through I always say and this counts for anything you find challenging in your writing if there's something coming up for you around it, if it's like, oh, I feel kind of uncomfortable about sharing this story or I'm wondering if there's any value in it, to acknowledge that on the page as you're writing it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're creating something to share, you know, actually say, oh, I feel a bit kind of strange or this feels quite challenging for me to share because I'm an introvert and it doesn't come naturally to me to share my story. There's something about doing that and acknowledging mm. what's coming up 
um, that can create a shift and that open up the space for us to actually allow our story out into the world. Um, yeah, so mm. I think that's the most powerful thing that you can do. And also to recognize that like this is a practice. So mm. it probably won't feel like completely comfortable initially. But you can start by sharing small elements of your story okay. um, and build up to sharing something that maybe feels more vulnerable. Mm. You know, I have worked with writers where um, in addition to kind of share, directly sharing elements of their story, They've also kind of had elements of fiction within their books where they're sharing pieces that maybe it's like, actually, I, I don't want to go there in terms of sharing my personal experience. So I'm going to kind of work with it and create something more fictional. So you okay. can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like the based on a true story. <laughs> yeah, kind of, you know. I, and that kind of gives you permission to maybe be a bit more out there with it and to um yeah experiment with different aspects of yourself that maybe you don't feel comfortable like even acknowledging to yourself that you can do it in the fictional realm so yeah. I love that way of playing with it oh that's great yeah that's yeah. great <laughs> <laughs> it feels really it does it feels really playful um hearing you talk about it and just when I was listening to you speak about it, Nicola, it felt really freeing. You know, like I feel a lot of things. I'm very clear sentient in that way. It felt very freeing in my whole body. And I was wondering if you could talk more about that in terms of the process of being an unbound writer. Like for, for some, you know, like let's say for our listeners or budding authors, what does it look like or, or what does it feel like to write in an unbound way? I mean, it's, it's such a, it's so liberating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And, you know, I always encourage people to write for themselves first. So even if you know that you are working on a book and that's, you know, what you're, what you're writing, um, it's almost to kind of let go of that part of it and just really allow yourself to be in this space where you are allowing what wants to come through you. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, whenever that feels challenging or it feels like there's nothing coming through, you know, whatever is happening, that's all absolutely perfect. Like rather than judging it and making it mean, oh, I'm obviously not meant to do this. Mm. I'm not a writer because I don't feel inspired today. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, this is actually a natural part of the process. So kind of allowing all of it rather than having these set ideas of how it should be um, and kind of knowing that it's all perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what I'm really passionate about holding space for yeah. because I've experienced it and do experience it myself. And I've seen how, you know, certainly when I was writing my second book, Unbound, at times it just felt like such a mess and I had to, I really had to live that book as I was writing it. Um, And there were times when I didn't write really for weeks or or months even. Mm. But, you know, then the inspiration would come back and it cycles back round. So, yeah, a big piece of this, and again, it's um, 
it kind of translates into life as a whole is to be in this place of allowing and trusting mm. that whatever you're experiencing, whatever you feel mm. called to express, it is exactly what you need to do in that moment. Mm. So, so do you, um, so do you write something every day or do you just kind of allow that to be? It depends. I, I kind of, it depends what I'm working on. If I'm working on a book, I won't necessarily write every single day, but I might have periods of time where I do make that commitment to to writing every day for a period of time Mm. a big part of the unbound writing process is that you write in alignment with your cyclical nature and the truth is you know we we are cyclical beings so Mm. you're not going to feel like writing like in this really inspired and flowing way every single day Mm -hmm. Uh, you need to allow space you need to have the days when actually it's all happening under the surface and it's not happening on the page and that's fine. Mm. And there are other times when you're more in planning mode and and times when you're in editing mode. So it's allowing all of that rather than feeling you have to show up in the same way. But I work with um, this idea, divine discipline, because I've always resisted discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It's like, well, it's just really heavy and like someone's forcing me to do something. Yeah. And when I was writing Unbound, this idea of divine discipline, which is like invoking the power of discipline mm. in service to something greater. So I have periods of time where it's like, okay, I'm going to write every day for, I mean, I write in short bursts, so I would only ever say like maybe 30 minutes a day. Uh, I'll make that commitment for a period of time mm. and okay. it will be this practice of divine discipline just to create a bit of momentum at different stages of the writing yeah. um, journey. But yeah, I'm, I'm never really rigid around that. And in terms of writing for myself, just journaling, I will normally be writing something every day. But again, there are some days where it's like, actually, no, mm-hmm. I don't feel called to the page today. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't have this rigid expectation that I'll do that. Ooh, that's so freeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I and I you know what I just like all my senses were just going like this when you were talking about working in a cyclical way because you know that's I mean obviously that's I I feel like that is the new paradigm in the Mm -hmm. sort of the new consciousness that we're moving into and also Morgan and I run the replenishing life project in that way we work with the moon phases we work with um, you know, different planetary phases that's going on. And, you know, it, a couple of years ago, people would have said, well, that's very woo-woo. You know, it's a very woo-woo way of working. <laughs> <laughs> but actually it's, you know, that whole idea of that, you know, the moon uh, expands and contracts and, you know, you can't be in a, in a period of expansion all the time. So I just love, I love that reflection. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think that point about, kind of a natural contraction that happens mm. after expansion is really important mm. because, you know, I've experienced this personally and also with clients is we can be in this really creative phase where it's like, oh my goodness, like everything's happening and I've, you know, I've cracked it. <laughs> you know, I'm just so in the flow. And there can be this expectation that that will continue. Yeah. And actually when we start to experience that natural contraction, which is necessary, you know, mm. we need that. Um, we can go into this place of judgment like, oh, 
I thought this time it was different and I'd like really found my voice and my flow and mm. and now it feels like everything's kind of dried up again it's like mm. no this is it's what you need you need those times where um there is that space and um yeah that, that when we kind of go into the void I think that's mm-hmm. just an important part of the creative process as the times when we're really kind of in inspired action Mm, totally agree i i'm interested in um so like for when i tune into creativity or my creative inspiration i find that i actually do that best through music so i'm interested in hearing from you what are some of the ritual that you have or some of the ways that you like to tune in and just receive mm-hmm. <laughs> for me movement's really important and nature mm-hmm. so generally you know before I write or if I like feel like I want to get the inspiration moving I will just I'll go out for a walk I mean I tend to go out for a walk in nature most most days Mm -hmm. really important part of kind of my practice but that's what does it for me I mean I could be at my desk like working away trying to make it happen as soon as I stand up very often as soon as I walk out outside the door just creating that space and starting to move and being outside, something will drop in. Mm. Um, so that is, yeah, so, so important for me. And this is the thing. And I think it kind of applies to any kind of creativity, like writing doesn't always look like just writing, <laughs> you right. know, just yeah. you're not actually physically writing doesn't yeah. mean we're kind of in that creative process. So whether it's like dancing to music or whatever it is, it's all part of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I love that. And that goes back to what you were mentioning earlier that I I feel like that just because we're not writing, there's still something's going on underneath. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is amazing. And, and it really kind of, yeah, puts it into a different perspective of, um, you know, and it's not necessarily, you know, about productivity and, and putting it out there and having to do this day by day. <laughs> it's like, no. it's more of a feminine approach of that. Mm. Well, I think we need to redefine productivity. Mm. You know, what does that mean? For me, I mean, it used to mean like productivity would be times when I was at my desk, you know, working in a way, in a more traditional sense. Mm. But actually what I've come to realize you know, both through running my own business and uh, through the writing processes, we can be productive in lots of different ways. Mm. And sometimes that might, uh, the most productive thing you can do is actually be taking a nap or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I run um, in my unbound writing mastermind, we have group writing sessions mm-hmm. and I, I open up the space and then people say what they're going to do. They have an hour of time. And I love that sometimes there'll be someone who's like, actually, I'm going to go and take a nap or I'm going to go and meditate. And it's like, well, that's still part of the writing process because that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. It's not that you have to sit there with your pen or your laptop and just kind of be writing for like the whole time all of these things are productive. Mm. Love it. Mm. (laughs) Love it. So um, I have a question for you. So can you tell us from your experience as an author and a publisher, how you've seen the world change when women 
in particular uh, share their story or their stories. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I think the world changes. There's kind of different layers to that. So I'm really passionate about the process of sharing our stories and specifically writing a book being a transformative experience in itself like for us mm -hmm. so when we share our story particularly like Morgan like you said if it feels challenging that creates a trans that changes our world you know mm -hmm. it shifts something for us because we're yeah. allowing a part of us and our experience to be seen in a way that maybe it hasn't been done before so it changes our own world mm. um it also changes the world of whoever gets to like read that or see it you know mm. i and i think this is part of my human design which i was so grateful to learn about from you lucy <laughs> when we were in glastonbury <laughs> i get so inspired by other people i need that mm. i need that input from other people so when i hear somebody else share their story that activate something within me so it changes the world of whoever you know gets to read our words or hear us speaking mm -hmm. about our story so it changes the, the world in that sense but also I feel when we give ourselves permission to speak our truth and to share our story the impact of that it ripples out yeah. into the collective um, and into the world in that way and it can create changes that you know we're not even aware of mm. um, but yeah it, it just shifts the energy which is like really like so incredibly powerful and I I think we're we're experiencing that more and more um, well I'm certainly recognizing it more and more how you know the things we do and how we show up the impact goes way beyond like what we actually see directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree too. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I've kind of got tingles. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And that can actually give us like the courage to show, mm -hmm. like for me, mm. um, that kind of makes me feel okay, even if it does feel risky or. Um, scary to share something mm. I'm gonna do it because it's mm. not just having an impact on me and the people that I'm surrounded by like you know in my immediate connections but I know that it's rippling out into the collective mm. um, our stories are so important and people sorry I get really get passionate about this mm. you know, and particularly women haven't always and, and still in the world there are women and you know all kind of humans who are not able to share their stories you know it is actually yeah. really um dangerous for them to do that so yes. I feel if we are able to there's this sense of responsibility that mm. we, we do that mm. wow. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you I hear you on that so strongly. I mean, and also just what you were saying there, it, I, for me, that brings it back to, you know, what you were talking about with divine discipline being directly related to divine service as well. You know, hearing mm -hmm. that, I started getting tingles because I was like, you know, that's the thing is to get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, one of the biggest hurdles is to actually move out of your own way and allow the story to come through. Because as you say, you don't know and we don't have control over just how powerful an impact that story can have in the world. 
So exactly. thank you for that reminder. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I need to remember <laughs> as well. I need to keep reminding myself. That's definitely a soundbite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much of this, like I said, it comes up for everyone and it comes up, doesn't mm. matter how long you've been doing this for, mm. like all of this kind of mind stuff, this ego stuff comes up. Mm. So again, yeah. I think that's why it's so important for us to kind of come together in this way and be talking about it and kind of letting it out into the open so it, it's not so scary anymore mm. so so nicola for our viewers and our listeners um tell us where they can find you where can they find uh, you online oh, fantastic so the best place I guess is my website, which is nicolahumber.com. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can click through to the Unbound Press if you want to explore Fantastic. over there. Um, but also on Instagram, that's my favorite place to hang out on social. So I'm at Nicola Humber. Mm-hmm. Find me over there. I'd love to connect with you. Wonderful. Wonderful. And so we'd like to ask, um, ask you, which we ask all our guests, is... What replenishes you? For me, it's connection, mm-hmm. um, which is interest, like, and connection with other people, which is really interesting because I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I always have this story <laughs> that, oh, no, I'm not good with people, uh, you know, and certainly that I couldn't express myself very well. I would always be kind of the quiet one on the outskirts. But what shifted for me like in particular over the past few years is recognizing no that's what actually it kind of fuels me this connection with others um mm. yeah again I think it is part of my human design as well <laughs> um but yeah certainly connecting with people who are on this kind of similar unbound or unbinding path yeah that's mm. what that's what replenishes me definitely mm. Beautiful. (laughs) So thank you so much, Nicola, for being with us today and sharing all these beautiful words and uh, of wisdom and all this, this guidance for, for all of our listeners to, to really, um, you know, free themselves from anything that's keeping them uh, bound or, um, unable to express express themselves so thank you so much for connecting with us all of us today and for sharing that and we yes we really appreciate that you um are part of this experience with us thank you oh thank you so much and thank you both for doing this this work um and yeah inviting me to have this conversation it's just been such a pleasure thank you if you'd like to learn more about nicola humber you can go to nicolahumber.com, follow her on Instagram at nicolahumber, and join her Facebook page, Nicola Humber, where she talks all things writing, self-expression, and embracing your magnificence. For more information on classes, meditations, and community events to help you replenish your life, and to sign up to receive bi-monthly transformational content, check out bit.ly forward slash replenishing life. You can also find us by searching for Replenishing Life Project on Instagram, 
Facebook and YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review for the Replenish Your Life podcast. In our next episode, we're talking to creative entrepreneur Karis Mooney all about how knowing your archetypes can guide you back to the truth of who you really are and the power of your authenticity.